0: well my friends it is 10 p.m on a Sunday evening I am lying in bed in my pajamas sitting next to a gallon of water and an open box of dates and also the remote controller which is paused on uh, season 8 I believe of Survivor going to be a great one. So this uh, scenario could only mean uh, one of two things. The first of which is a normal Sunday evening for yours truly. And the second is Taylor is on her period, which is the more likely option and the reason for today's episode. If this conversation does not pertain to you, I highly recommend looking through the vast catalog of uh, 75 other episodes for you to listen to if this is not something of your interest. But this is not only top of mind, but something I am, I would say, quite passionate about, if you can be passionate about menstrual cycles and their effect on the body. So I'm very excited to dive into this and basically explore how my entire personality changes, I think, this time of the month. And I will go into these like little phases where I just blame literally everything on my period. And it's actually not even my period for the most part. For me, it is PMS, like the week plus-ish, give or take, of uh, the time before my period starts. And I start to know, like right away, I start to know my body. I start to know uh, when I feel like I'm getting some cramps I usually bloat pretty badly I start to get really bad headaches get really moody you know like the general <laughs> list of being a woman it just starts to go off so when it's when it's time I'm fully aware of what I'm about to endure you know but it it still you know it's a little jump scare every month I'm still a little bit uncertain of what's to come it's like a little fun surprise like what will be in store this month how grouchy will i be this time of the year i feel like i've i've leaned into my symptoms though as i've gotten older because one you know there's only a few things that you can start to do to to mitigate them but after a while do i want to be that person that every single month you know complains about the same few things it's like every 28 days here she goes again like i'm complaining yada, yada, yada. Like I want to learn to manage them, deal with them, and, um, you know, live to my fullest, even though I could be crying inside or quite literally shedding, but that's already coming out of the the gates with some jokes. (laughs) I've come prepared for this episode. I've pulled up a lot of uh, facts for you all, a lot of articles. Facts might be a little bit of a harsh word. We're going to say alleged facts or just, you know, some information because, uh, obviously there are a lot of people out there who know a lot more about their the cycle from a scientific perspective than I do I can only speak to my own experience but I kind of want to talk about I guess how your period actually does affect your drive to want to move your drive to want to exercise or not exercise at all during that time of the month and then also um, just my own personal experience which with each of the Symptoms that just so kindly present themselves to me again every 28 days So during your period you may not feel like you want to do much exercise at all Especially if you have very strong symptoms that are kind of like the common list of demons Uh, For one breast pain that can be pretty hard cramps That's probably one of the most common ones Um, Just like some really tight feeling right around your pelvis area that is the freaking worst because it feels like it's a stomach ache but amplified by 9 million i used to have friends that you know would have such bad cramps they would take a day off of school because they they just couldn't or they just couldn't and i i i felt so bad for them that it was at such an extreme level like you cannot get out of bed i always felt like i had the opposite issue whereas if i had very minor cramps i would actually get pretty bad back pain. So like, you know, the, the posterior side of my body instead, which, you know, like is doable, I guess, like my doll is my best friend for sure. But I always felt like, you know, I didn't get to like chime in with the rest of the crampers because I didn't, I didn't feel their experience as much. Like they can speak to that more than I can. Um, yeah. And then just like uh, a few more random symptoms would be nausea, which, oh my gosh, if you have nausea, wow you are on your period, God bless you, because that sounds like a horrible recipe for disaster. And headaches, which is another symptom that I think for me has gotten progressively worse as I've gotten older. I started off with just the back pain, moved into headaches, and now I have um, graduated, congratulations to me, to migraines. And that's like a really lovely fun experience. And I've always said that. So any of these symptoms can be helped with one um my doll <laughs> we're going to be plain and blunt doll is my absolute best friend if you're not a fan of um western medicine 100% understand but i i love that stuff so much like she has become my um most purchased item i think of 2022 like she is just my ride or die love her so much she just does it all she does it all but if we're talking exercise, which is I suppose the theme of today's episode, if we're going to stay on brand, Taylor, a lot of low-intensity exercise such as yoga, walking, um, lying in your bed horizontally is great for helping mitigate some of those symptoms. I'm reading an article from hormona.io, which what in the heck is .io, but love this uh, title, Hormona. But it says, um, during your your period, the first few days of your cycle might be a good time to be gentle with yourself. Usually after day three to five, the oestrogen levels start to rise, which might mean you may feel more able to do more intense exercise. Some women find that exercising during their period helps with their symptoms, though. So it is a matter of working out what is best for you. And that couldn't be truer than true. As we just went through, even the symptoms, like I mentioned I don't have cramps as badly as maybe Joanne my friend Joanne I randomly just made up but maybe she doesn't have any back pain or migraines whatsoever so based on how we're feeling is what is going to determine our motivation or even our drive or want to get up and move our bodies literally at all so any of the advice that I'm dishing out, of course, is going to be uh, circumstantial and from not only my personal experience, but based on how well you know yourself and your body. If it is your time of the month and your body is telling you that you cannot leave the couch because nothing will help mitigate how horrible this feels, then that is all that you can do for yourself. And you know your body best and you know what works for you. I personally feel like I go through ebbs and flows. Some periods are uh, worse than others. Sometimes I am just groggy and tired and I don't want to do anything. I feel like it happens for me even in in waves throughout like one singular period where I'll have a day, kind of like today, where I feel so lethargic, so tired, very unmotivated and then all of the symptoms kind of hit me at the same time, period, headache, uh, not period, sorry, um, backache headache and just feeling overall meh. That happens all at once. But tomorrow could come and I'm all of a sudden like, you know what? I do feel a little bit more motivated. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of pain, but I want to get up and move my body because it's going to distract me from the pain. And that's a whole other thing. So our bodies, they're pretty dang cool. They're pretty dang smart and they're extraordinarily helpful. And one of the reasons that they're so helpful for us is that if we are engaging in exercise we release endorphins which is something that like you know I think is a very common vernacular nowadays common vernacular as if it's like a slang yeah we all release endorphins uh no what I mean to say is that I feel like a lot of people understand that when you work out uh, workouts release endorphins in your body but somebody like me had no idea until quite recently that endorphins are actually a natural painkiller, which is pretty impressive. Like if we think about how amazing our bodies are, we are working out, we're sweating, we're lifting weights, we're tearing our muscle fibers apart. And our body not only is like praising us for moving our body and, you know, just getting in a nice little sweat, it happens to release these endorphins that not only put you in a good mood, they put a little smile on your face, but also they're a natural painkiller. So they're trying to basically cover up all of the pain that you might be feeling as a result of pushing pushing yourself in the gym or on your walk or, or whatever your movement was. And I think like maybe in a different life, I understood those things to be synonymous, like endorphin is happy hormone, also painkiller, hider hormone. Did that make sense? (laughs) We're flowing. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We're flowing with it. But when I really think about it like that, okay, that makes so much sense. So if we're talking about mitigating pain or trying to cover up any pain that we're feeling, then perhaps exercise could be a really great thing when you are feeling all of those period pains because it's going to naturally cover up anything that you don't want to feel reading this directly from healthline which sometimes i'm like okay healthline cricket articles other times not so sure so we'll take this um credibility with a grain of salt but this is uh, an article titled i think the best exercises to do during your period it says tap into your endorphins because exercise gives you a natural endorphin high it can elevate your mood and actually make you feel better brandon marcello phd doesn't say where his (laughs) credit whatever (laughs) uh brandon marcello believes one of the main benefits of exercise while on your period is the endorphin release and workout quote-unquote high He also said that endorphins, that since endorphins are a natural painkiller, when they release during exercise, you may feel relief from uncomfortable periods. Makes perfect sense. Now here's the kicker, Mr. Brandon, PhD. How can I get myself up off the couch to actually get my body moving to feel those endorphins? I think we all, you know, might know and understand that that is exactly what happens with endorphins. Like they... They make you happy. They put you in a better mood. You, you very rarely finish a workout and go, wow, I regret doing that. You know, like it, you naturally feel better because of those hormones. But how do you get from the place of I'm lethargic, I'm tired, I'm in pain, my period has started and I don't want to move to actually getting yourself to do the movement? That's like the tricky part. That's the tricky area that so often gets me and I know – I'm going to love myself for getting up and enhancing my mood and getting those natural little painkillers. But how do I get there in the first place? So one of the best things that you can do is start off with very slight and low intensity movement. For me and my personal experience, the best freaking thing in the world is an outdoor walk. And I mean this. And you're going to laugh at me because, hello, what the heck else would you say, Taylor? We know that you advocate for walks. We know that the whole internet advocates for walks. I've been walking all my life, Taylor. This is not new invention. I know. I get it. It's not revolutionary. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We love walking because it is good for us. Now I'm going to tell you a little story and we're going to take this story with a grain of salt because I'm standing up and pacing actually while well, we're going to do this because I'm a little warm and I'm wearing sweatpants and I'm underneath my hot covers and this is a, an important story that requires passion. So I'm going to pace back and forth naturally. So I'm having a conversation with my friend the other night and we're talking about how great walking is. We are just obsessing over it. We're going, we love walking. It's so good for you. It always puts me in a better mood. You know, it doesn't have to be anything excessive. Just go outside, walk the dog. Five minutes later, you get back inside. You got some vitamin D. Even if the sun wasn't out, you still felt it. You still feel like you did something. It was a five minute accomplishment. And you feel great. Or if you have more time, you go for a 20 minute walk, 30 minute walk, whatever. It always ends up making you feel good. And he told me, And this is the alleged part. This is the part that we are taking with a grain of salt. We are trusting this as like a one-on-one friendly conversation where we hear things and we interpret them as we may. Because I've tried to research this and I'm not sure I've found any articles to back this up and I don't want you to like go run off and and tell everybody that this is fact because this is alleged in my opinion. (laughs) Taylor backing herself up as much as she can. My friend told me that his boss said, so we already have he said, she said, his boss said that going on a 20-minute brisk walk, so, you know, walking at like a a moderately normal to kind of faster-ish pace, is equivalent, allegedly, (laughs) to 50 milligrams of Prozac. Or in other words, it's equivalent to a low dose of an antidepressant. And when you hear that, this is the part where I'm like, okay, we're we're taking a step back. We're taking the grain of salt sort of situation and we're applying it because I don't want this to be turned into like, oh my gosh, well, that solves everything. <laughs> you know, like, I will just throw out my pills. <laughs> Life is good. But really, what I want to take away from this little discussion here is that, the power. <laughs> okay, now I'm I'm really st- strutting in my back and forth pace right now, talking about the power of walking. But it's true, the power of walking and releasing those endorphins and getting your body into that positive mindset, where we're having our daily joyful movement, is an extraordinarily incredible. and it doesn't have to be equated to an X amount of milligrams or even anything to do with an antidepressant pill but the fact that you know in your heart of hearts or let's just say I know in my heart of hearts that when I walk back inside from my walk and I've just gone around the block with Reese and we've spent this lovely quality time together we've gone on our brisk 20 minute walk or we just I don't know sat around at the park and we played outside and we just were I don't know, moving our bodies, I can guarantee that I am walking back into my apartment in a better mood. I am instantly happier. And that can be attributed to so many different things. The sunshine being out or not, we often get caught in rainstorms, which is fine. I still come back in a happy mood. It could be the fact that I just you know, hung out with Reese a little bit. It could be me moving my body. It could be the walk itself. It could be me stepping away from my computer or just work in general and taking 20 minutes to just kind of go decompress. It could be literally any combination of any of those elements. And it probably is. But I, I don't need that argument of 50 milligrams to defend what I know is factual for myself, that it genuinely does help me and put me in a better mood. So if I'm feeling shitty as heck, (laughs) shitty as heck, that makes sense. When I'm on my period and I don't want to do anything, sometimes I don't and we leave it at that and we turn off the podcast and we say, thank you so much for coming, bringing the dancing lobsters. But if there is a day when I can get myself to go move and it is a big movement, like I go to a workout class or I go lift some weights. Or maybe it's just me going out on a walk. It sounds like I had a weird little hiccup there. I'm going to come back from whatever I was doing. And I know I'm going to be proud of myself for moving. And oftentimes I think whatever I was feeling beforehand in regards to my symptoms, I'll kind of forget about. And that's being like straight honest with you. A lot of times, you know, like my, my back is still kind of persisting. My migraine's pretty consistent but you know that's a story for another day but it it still is to me amazing it's amazing it like it taps into this ability for us to combine like enhancing our mood with also an activity that's so enjoyable because when I think about walking I don't think about it as exercise I don't know maybe that's just me but I I don't think about it as something that's like a uh strenuous workout I suppose because it's something that I go outside to do for me and a lot of times I intentionally like maybe leave my phone behind or leave it in my pocket so I'm not looking down or I I don't wear headphones so I'm just enjoying my scenery and I'm just enjoying what's around me because I so often forget to do that when I'm wrapped up into my day-to-day life and everything feels like it's just moving from one appointment to the next or one event to the next but When I take this time to like slow down, go on a walk, work on myself, enjoy what I have the privilege of seeing around me or even just embracing like, wow, I can look at these beautiful cascade mountains around me like these are stunning. I love this so much. The sun is shining. The skies are blue. Everything is great. It makes me feel a whole heck of a lot better. And that's my rant on walking, at least for the time being. But you know there will be another one coming soon. But again, just to reiterate, when I'm talking about my conversation with my friend, I think that it struck me because it felt like something that almost like validated everything that I've always felt about walking without me needing to immediately look up some sort of scientific journal to prove whether, whether or not that was true. And like I mentioned, I have been trying to Google it, trying to find some some articles to back it up and if I happen to do find any I'll I'll link them in the description but at the end of the day even if I don't find one it's not that I need that validity to know what I have been feeling the benefits of walking that I have been feeling are true because I know that they are I really know that the overall theme here is to listen to you and your body (laughs) I know I said that so choppy, but listen to what is best for you because I'm going to sit here and say that this is something that I love and you're going to disagree. Or you might say, I have no idea what she's talking about. I've never had period pain. I've never experienced that. And if that is the case, tell me your wizardry. Tell me how you got this to happen because I'd love to know. And that's okay because we're all going to be different and we're all going to experience things uh, differently based on our body. But that is the whole point. You should be tuning in to how you are feeling. We all respond to hormonal fluctuations in a different way. (laughs) That was me trying to read a sentence. And then I was like, wait a minute. I didn't read the whole sentence. And that didn't make sense to what I was talking about. I'm reading something from uh, an article on patientinfo.com this feels like I'm trying to do research on WebMD or Wikipedia and I'm gonna get marked down for having bad citations um, in my my essay. don't make fun of me this is this is real validity, okay? I, I mean it. I mean it's all like fluff so it's still cute. That being said, Everybody is different. We don't all respond to hormonal fluctuations in the same way. You might find that your energy levels vary depending on where you are in your cycle. Or you might feel strong all month long. You could have a period of your period where you just feel like so lethargic. Or you could not have that sensation whatsoever. You could feel 100% the entire time. But the best thing to do is to know what your body is feeling and to know how to respond to that. This is not to mention that your cycle may be longer or shorter than 28 days. And if your periods are irregular, the relationship between your hormones and your workout performance may be harder to track. I am a queen of an irregular period. I highly recommend uh, some sort of tracking app or notebook journal or something for you to use to track your period. Uh, For me, one, I feel like if I didn't have something to track it, I would just genuinely forget. I give props to the people who track like every single phase, like luteal phase. And yeah, (laughs) I was going to list more phases that I don't know the names of. I'd give props to people who actually know like exactly what time of the month they are in at that time. Couldn't be me. Not without an app. I use Flow, F-L-L. Oh, and it's it's a great app it's free actually no that might be wrong I think they have like a free maybe month-long trial but I also want to say it might be ten dollars for a year so it's it's very uh, doable if that is something that you need but I'm pretty sure there's like thousands more of uh, free apps this one just has like a little bit more helpful um, like documentation of any symptoms or, or you can talk to I, maybe it's experts or there's like some sort of forum on there. Clearly, I'm not getting my full use out of my membership. But I just like it because, again, I wouldn't be able to track anything without it. But knowing that it's a, it's this time of my month, like if it's my PMS time and I pull up my app and that is validity <laughs> – Taylor, I've said validity like 90 times in this episode. I'm tired of hearing myself say it. Now that I'm pointing it out, you're going to be tired of hearing me say it as well. But if if I'm feeling off and I'm like, I've got to be PMSing or something, and then I pull open my app and that also verifies it, that's different from validity, then that makes me just feel like a whole heck of a lot better. But that also means I'm doing something right by being that uh, in tune with what my body is telling me that I knew to look. You get what I'm saying? Again, reading from patient.info, the important thing is to tune into how you're feeling. Simply put, this means easing off if you're tired and pushing harder if you're on top form athletes have won their events or scored personal best at all stages of their cycle which should indicate that nothing is set in stone as female athletes taking a closer look at how our bodies change throughout our cycle can be an incredibly helpful tool when we understand what's going on inside us we can set ourselves up for success in reaching our health and fitness goals what a cute little way to end that article <laughs> Didn't even know what to call it. Yeah. No, it it makes so much sense. Like we, I think sometimes put a lot of pressure on like, oh, I, I can't do X, Y, or Z because it's this time of the month. At least sometimes that's what I do, or I use it as an excuse. When in actuality, we are strong and capable and able of whatever we put our minds to. And whether that means we got to get it done with a little bit of might all, or just a little bit of yoga or something, we are capable of whatever we want to achieve at any time of the month. But if if you feel different, if you feel off, you know your body. I actually just had a conversation with a different friend not too long ago where she was kind of just like explaining how it's so important to know when you might feel off, like in your heart of hearts. I think she basically found out that she eventually she eventually found out that she had covid but she went to like two different doctors and they told her you know like you're just fine like maybe you just have uh, a sinus infection or i don't know x y or z and she's like no like i i feel really different like this feels different than the normal cold like something feels weird and i don't know what in the heck was going on if if she wasn't getting um tested or what but let's just say it was a different hypothetical situation She, you know, went to go get different opinions and nothing was backing up what she was feeling, but she still knew like my body does not feel like this normally, like when I have a normal cold, like something else is going on here. And thank goodness that she listened to her body because she ended up getting a third opinion and it happened to be, you know, in her case, something else had been happening beneath the surface that she needed addressing. And You know, at the end of the day, you, of course, trust the opinion of medical professionals. But if you know something is happening, like you just know that you might feel different or off, listen to that. And even on the smaller scale, like I'm talking about with exercise, I'm not trying to give medical advice, please not at all, but in a smaller sense with exercise, if it's just the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards, the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Not your day or you just don't feel good and you don't want to go move your body because it doesn't feel right for you that day. Don't do it. And don't feel pressure to go because you saw something on social media or you feel like you have to go every single Monday. Don't miss a Monday. Blah, blah, blah. Don't go. Listen to what is best for you. And that is the tea on that. That is the tea. I'm going to take like a hard freaking left right now because I want to tell you all such a freaking funny story. And I don't know why I've waited to tell this for so long, but I keep forgetting. I think that's kind of why. I keep forgetting, but it's so ridiculous. It's not that dramatic. I'm very much hyping this up, but it in the moment felt like my whole day plan uh reputation was ruined and here's how it went so i have realized lately that i am a big fan of just celebrations in general like i'll celebrate anything and i love to be a part of things so if something's happening without me also like participating like let's just say like kind of like a silly scale everybody's talking about Bridgerton I haven't seen Bridgerton I have to go watch Bridgerton because I want to know what the hype is all about I want to be a part of the conversation I want to know I just I like to be included I guess (laughs) and I like to be like a part of the um, zeitgeist let's say sorry I don't know why I decided it was a good idea to put on chapstick just now but that's what I'm doing so One thing that I have kind of avoided conquering for the longest time is the MCU, otherwise known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, if you are a big MCU fan, I'm going to have to tell you to do one of two things. Either immediately turn off this podcast because you're going to have a completely tainted opinion of me here on out moving forward, or (laughs) just... I don't know, plug your ears, buckle in, strap in for this horribly, horrible wild wild ride of a story. It's not that wild, but it's like a crime. It's basically just a crime. I should be locked up. So I wanted to get into the MCU, but to be honest, for the longest time, if I'm going to give you like my candid opinion here, I thought it was really cheesy. I thought I just wasn't uh, a superhero girl you know, I wasn't really kind of into that scene. I had seen the, uh, first and second Iron Man movie, I believe like way back when they originally came out, um, when they were still a part of Paramount, I believe, you know, like I saw them in theaters and stuff, but that was the extent of that. Like I, I never read comics. I've seen, um, like some of the Batman movies and stuff, but like that's a completely different universe. And I had seen the Spider-Man movies, but Spider-Man, like with um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, growing up again before the MCU um, purchased Spider-Man. So, I, I, I don't know. I think I finally decided, like, right around when this last. Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland came out that I was I was tired of it especially because the internet and Taylor included is obsessed with Tom Holland he's adorable he's talented beyond belief he's so much fun to watch and I think that he is a great Spider-Man so I wanted to I wanted to see his movies and like his Spider-Man I think the first one came out maybe in 2017 or so so like i'm very behind like i hadn't even seen his first one i'd never seen his developing on-screen chemistry with zendaya that i really wanted to know and understand as a fan of their relationship like i felt left out and so i'm expressing this to keith and he is similarly or or was similarly not interested in in marvel And I'm like, could we just watch Spider-Man? Like, I don't get it. I don't get why we can't just jump into Spider-Man. I've seen Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I've seen Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I might have, is there another one that I'm missing? I've seen like a lot of Spider-Mans. I didn't get why I couldn't just watch Spider-Man. So I'm like, let's look this up. What the heck is the first Spider-Man movie? Let's watch it. So we do. Spider-Man Homecoming, I believe. Came out in 2017. Starring Tom Holland. Giving you all the facts here. We decided to uh, start this movie maybe about, I'm going to say, month and a half, two months ago. And it was great. It was really cute. Uh, there was like a few minor connections to the greater MCU. You know, like they kind of clue in all the movies to be morphed together. There was like a few minor scenes that maybe Keith and I were like, what the heck does that mean? Or who's that guy? But nothing that like didn't take away from Nothing Nothing took away from the plot, the movie. Like, we still fully understood we were on board. We were team Tom Holland. Like, everything was great, yada, yada. So we're like, perfect. Um, there's another movie. Like, let's get started. Let's watch the second Spider-Man movie. And that one might be called, I'm not going to guess. They're all kind of similarly related to the word home or far from home or something. So we started watching the second Spider-Man with Tom Holland. Now. If you are familiar (laughs) with these movies, as I just mentioned, they're all intertwined with the MCU and still at this point in time, Keith and I are very hell bent. We're like, you know what? Nope. We're just, it's too much of a commitment to get involved in the MCU. Like how in the freaking world are we just supposed to start from scratch? I know a lot of people who did that during quarantine, like missed opportunity. So what am I supposed to do? It's not going to happen. We're just never going to watch any of the movies. So let's just jump into Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 begins with a montage of characters that maybe, I'm, I'm trying to say this without having any spoilers. It starts off with a montage of characters that are no longer involved in the MCU. Kind of like a, like a silly little in, in memoriam. And immediately we bo- we both just look at each other like, "Well, oh shit, <laughs> we just screwed this for ourselves. We literally just effed this up so much, so much because we were kind of like, I think maybe itching towards the idea of watching one or two MCU movies, like somehow getting ourselves involved." But right there in that moment, we shot ourselves in the foot because we basically spoiled like I would say 90% of the series. It it was like a big moment. It was a big moment. So we stopped the movie immediately. We literally paused it. We like saw the first, I'm not kidding you, 90 seconds and we paused it. And we're like, okay, something's got to change here. What are we doing moving forward? And Keith says, this is his words, not mine. You can get mad at him, not me. He's like, you know what? I don't know if I want to dive into the MCU, but what I do want to dive into is the Avenger movies. Like, if those are going to be what everybody loves and that's what people rave about, let's just watch those. And me, a little naive chap, I'm like, yeah, sure, honey. That sounds great. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't quite understand how that could be problematic. So we start from the beginning. We watch the first Avengers movie. And this movie came out... Oh my golly, like 2011, 2014, something like a long time ago. So I had like barely any idea that this movie even came out when I was in middle school or whenever it was. So it wasn't like that. I I don't know. It felt like it was a, a fun movie to watch, but it was also kind of cheesy. And like we liked it, but we weren't like super committed yet. Then... We just kind of like start migrating like through the rest of the Avengers movies until we reached Infinity War. Actually, after we watched Infinity War. So we've watched like three-ish Avengers movies, which again, if you are an MCU lover, I am so terribly sorry because we're doing every element of this so beyond backwards and we're paying the price for it. Let me tell you, we are paying the fricking price. I don't know what it was that finally got me to say, Keith, we're doing this wrong. We are doing this wrong. But I think somewhere before, like we were going to watch Endgame. like we were this close, like inches, inches away from click and play on that end game movie. I'm like, I, I don't know. Something about this feels like we fucked it and we need to go back to the beginning. And the, like, we're having this whole debate, right? Because we don't want to go down this big, huge adventure. Starting in the MCU is like, I feel like at this point, like a 90 movie experience. It's not just something that you can tackle on a Tuesday night. This is going to be a big burden. And the time that we have together to watch movies is like next to none. So it's basically going to take us into like the year 3000. The Jonas Brothers will have gone multi-platinum. But somehow I convinced him. I'm like, let's just start from the beginning. And I also did a lot of research on how to start watching from the beginning. Because there's two very prominent... Uh, suggestions and ways to approach this people are very fiery on which one to choose which one not to choose but the two main categories or I suppose the only two categories are either to watch the movies in the way that they were released so just as the rest of the public watch the movies the second way to watch them is kind of the spoiled way and that is watching them in timeline order. So basically everything makes a fuck ton more sense. So after like zero contemplation, we're like, why the heck would we not watch them in timeline order? Like, I get it, we're joining the series late. We've already messed everything else else up. Like, why not just spoil ourselves half an inch more by actually understanding what the movies are talking about? Because that is one thing that definitely does bother me. Like, I don't like when we were watching Avengers. Again, I know we effed ourselves. But we would watch something and, like, a character was not even developed yet. Like, we had no idea who the heck they were. Nobody knew who they were at that time. But then, like, six movies down the line, we learn like, their backstory. I didn't want that. I wanted it all to make sense as it should make sense. And that is the way that we're doing it. So at this point in time, I believe the last movie we watched was the second Thor movie. Let me do, like, a quick little Google search here. We've watched a lot. That is my main point. We've we've gone through this in what is hopefully a very um, undignified, dignified way. Like we lost all dignity, 1000%, but we're trying to gain it back. We're trying to do a little bit better. The only movie that I have not been a big fan of thus far was I think Captain Marvel. I think it was just a little bit slow, although I've heard that movie's extraordinarily important. So I might need to go back and watch it huh but um we've watched like everything on disney plus so they have little tiny shorts that they've made like disney's trying to capitalize as much as they can on the whole mcu so they throw in like these five to ten minute little movies after every big movie so that things kind of like make more sense or it's sometimes like a pointless storyline that's just kind of probably for production value I don't know I think no oh, I'm sorry the last one we watched was Iron Man 3 not including nope I'm wrong right no maybe we watched Thor Dark World I get the names all confused but um yeah we've watched a lot and that is the story of how we um completely ruined the MCU one million percent I am so sorry if I If you think of me differently, if you are furious at me, if you just like can't believe that that is the way that we did things, if you literally don't care, then you were similarly to how I felt before I dove into this. And as somebody who's like still making their way through the movies, I feel like I am invested to an extent, but I'm not obviously the level of a super fan, of course. But I also have like a, I don't know how to put it, like There's still like a lot of things about the movies like I critique and I feel like when you're a super fan like you you look over all of those things and you're just like this is the best ever. So I'm trying to be critical. I'm trying to be like a a cinematography genius. It's not working. Spoiler alert. And uh, I I can't even give myself that kind of uh, dignifying quality because again we fucked it. I have a massive migraine. So the fact that I <laughs> went about like 30, 40 minutes on this um, in my mind is phenomenal. So we are going to end our uh, episode for the week here. I hope that you enjoyed. This is a little period uh, MCU talk. <laughs> Should that be the title of the episode? My menstrual cycle in the MCU. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if you're still listening, please, 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 please give this show or give this episode a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever that you choose to listen to your podcast. Basically, I never knew anything about reviews before I was a podcaster, but it essentially gives the platform that you're listening. Uh, A better indication of how your audience is responding to the show. Therefore, it will better be spread out to a larger audience, maybe promoted on the main page. It overall is the best way that you can support the show, considering that I would say most every podcast is free. It's like the kindest way that you can um, tell the podcast host that you um, enjoy the show hopefully. So give that five-star review. It literally is so beyond helpful and it means so much. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. I apologize that this is the second week in a a row with no videos, but if you saw the state that I was in, you wouldn't want to watch and you would not subscribe. So I'm saving you. I promise. I love you all so much. I'm sorry to all my MCUers. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Uh, Give somebody a nice little hug today, a little smile, and do something kind for yourself. Love you. Talk to you next week.